Acts chapter 20, I want to read verses 6 through 12. I will say this, we won't be shouting around this morning, we won't be running the aisles, but I pray that the Lord will, that we can take this morning, and I'll take the warning and the message for us today. Acts chapter number 20, look at verse number 6. Here's the Apostle Paul, and he says, As we sailed from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread, and came to them to Troas in five days, where we abode seven days. Verse 7. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to, take, to break bread, Paul preached to them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. And there were many lights in the upper chamber, and when they were gathered together, verse 9, and there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus, being fallen to a deep sleep, and being fallen to a deep sleep as Paul was long preaching. He sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. Look at verse number 10. And Paul went down and fell on him and embraced him and said, Trouble not yourself, for his life is in him. Verse number 11. And when he therefore was come up again and had broken bread, and eaten and talked a long while, even to the break of day, so he departed. And they brought the young man alive and were not a little comforted. Father, I pray, God, that you would help this morning. I pray that you'd help everybody be attentive. God, we thank you for what's already took place here this morning at Unity Baptist Church. Lord, I pray for our pastors. He's gone. I pray that you bless him and his family. And Lord, most of all, I pray that every person here will get help, Lord. Young and old, I pray we'd all take the message. God, I pray and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to read verse number 9 again. The Bible says, And there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus, being fallen into a deep sleep. And with Paul long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. The Bible says he was sitting in the window. I want to preach for a little while on sitting in a dangerous spot. Sitting in a dangerous spot. Now, I want to say this. This wasn't your everyday uh, Baptist service. You know what? They didn't have times like these. And uh, at least in America, uh, I say that in America, you know, we've got padded pews and uh, we've got a comfortable place to stay and to worship the Lord. Uh, uh, brother, I called Brother Nathan this morning. I said, uh, Brother Nathan, can you go over and check on the heat? And he said, I can do it right here from my phone. I said, well, praise the Lord. You know what? It wasn't like that here in this state. And, uh, and I think about places that other than America where they do have to sacrifice to get to the house of the Lord. And there's persecution in other places. You say, well, we're here in America. We're being persecuted. This is not persecution. You go over to these third world countries and you try to preach and, and they'll take you to jail. Uh, this is kind of what Paul was having to do here. I want to say this, we've got preaching on every hand. Uh, you can go home in your car, and you can look at preaching on your phone. Uh, you can look at preaching on the Internet. Uh, you hear preaching on the radio. Uh, just about every place in the world, we can hear uh, preaching. And you know what? Uh, I've only read and heard stories about where they would meet once a month. And uh, I don't know if anybody's here old enough for, to remember that, but I read stories how they would meet uh, once a month because the preachers was, was not uh, a lot of them and they, they didn't have the time they didn't have a, a nice Chevrolet vehicles uh, they would take the horse and wagon and they would meet once a month you say why because it meant something to them they would do it once a month why but it would meant uh, something to them 
Uh, you know, I've not lived like that. I've only heard stories about that. Uh, I remember hearing Jack Tripp, he was uh, telling about when he was a boy, he said he would get a radio and listen. Uh, he would listen to John Long preach the gospel. Now, Jack Tripp's daddy was a drunkard. Uh, he wouldn't take him to church, but he would get that little radio, and he would listen to John uh, Long preach. And uh, they said, finally, John Long come to see his daddy one day. And uh, as Jack Tripp was a 12-year-old boy, he witnessed to his drunkard daddy. You know what? His daddy got saved. And, and they said that, oh, uh, the preacher looked over the corner, and there sat a 12-year-old boy down on the floor begging uh, for his daddy to get saved. Why? Uh, he would listen to the radio to John uh, Long Preachers. But you know what? His daddy uh, got saved. And uh, I want to say this. Uh, preaching now, if you want to get saved, uh, there's never been a greater time for you uh, to get saved. Uh, but you know what? Sometimes you got to take it upon yourself. Uh, I know we've got two bus riders here this morning, and I don't know if you understand me, but boys, uh, you, you might have to take it upon yourself to hear the preaching. Uh, Mama and Daddy might not be there for you, but you take it as a young boy and you get interested in a preaching and God will change your life. Uh, you know what? God's going to make a way for you to hear a preaching. Uh, and say here, if you're a church kid and your mom and daddy don't want nothing to do with the Lord, I say keep uh, pressing on. Uh, keep pressing. You know why? Because God's made a way for you to get saved. You say, well, my home's life rough. I I'm living in a rough state. If you'll get interested in preaching, God will make a way uh, for you to get saved. And I say this morning, if your husband, if your wife don't want nothing to do with the Lord, uh, you make up your mind as a wife or a husband, you say, I'm going to listen to the Lord. And uh, old Jack Tripp, he begged his mama, said, Mama, I, I want to go to church. And she'd say, well, Jack, we don't have any clothes. I don't have no clothes. And, and I remember Brother Jack telling, he said the next day, uh, this old car coming down the driveway, and it was his aunt. And his aunt didn't know nothing, but she brought a big load of clothes. And said, I don't know why, uh, sister, but uh, the Lord pressed on me to bring you these clothes. And, and you know what she doing? She didn't have no excuse then. And uh, they began to go into church as a family. You say, uh, what am I preaching on this morning? Sitting in a dangerous spot. Uh, you know what? The apostle here went to great lengths to preach the gospel. Turn to Acts chapter 14. And I think uh, me as included, we take it for granted how that we can hear the preaching like this and uh, hear preaching on the radio and in different services. But Paul went to great lengths to preach the gospel. Look at Acts chapter 14 and verse number 5. Acts chapter 14 and verse number 5. The Bible says, And when there was an assault made both of the Gentiles and also of the Jews with their rulers, to use them despitefully and to stone them. They wanted to stone the apostle Paul. But you know what he did? He kept on going. He didn't let that stop him uh, from preaching the gospel. Look at Acts chapter 14. Look at verse number 19. The Bible says, And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Achim, who persuaded the people and having stoned Paul. They drew him out of the city, supposing him had been dead. I want to stop right there. If that had been me, I'd probably said, this is it, I'm done. But you know what Paul kept doing? Paul kept preaching because he knows there's going to be a certain young man that needs this gospel. Acts chapter 16, what did Paul go through? 
Acts chapter 16, verse number 23. Now in Acts chapter 16, the Lord had opened up a door for the Apostle Paul. And there was much uh, controversial. And look at verse number 23. Uh, Paul had been lied on. Look at verse number 23 of Acts 16. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, and had cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, Paul went to great lengths to preach the gospel. And I say we're spoiled here in America. We've got it on every uh, single hand. Uh, the, uh, in Acts chapter 19, the whole town was in uproar. Why? Because of Paul uh, preaching the gospel. Now turn back to Acts chapter 20, our text here. Finally, the apostle Paul comes to Troash. In Acts chapter number 20, the Bible says they stayed seven days and on the seventh day, uh, the seventh day, this will be Paul's last day in Troash. Look at Acts chapter number twenty, and look at uh, verse number seven. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached to them, ready to depart on the morrow. This was going to be Paul's last sermon in Troash. Now you would think, as the Apostle Paul coming. Everybody knew it. this was going to be his last day. You'd think this place would be uh, packed out. They'd be ready to hear the gospel. And, uh, verse number 7, it says they were breaking bread. We see the Lord's Supper here. Look at verse number 8. And there were many lights in the upper chamber. The place was lit up, ready for the Apostle Paul to preach. Look here at verse number 7. Uh, on, uh, look here and it says, And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached to them, ready to part on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. He had a long sermon. You say, uh, you know what? They was, they was ready. To, it was going to be his last time to present the gospel to them. Uh, he was ready to preach until midnight. We're not going to be here until midnight, I promise you that. But I want to say this. They was in the upper chamber. And if you read through the Bible, all the upper chamber experiences, and that's what Paul longed for, and that's what was going on here. And I want to say this, I thank God for the great men that I've heard preach. And uh, I think about uh, uh, Larry Raines, uh, Sister Angela knows Brother Larry Raines, and uh, I think about the first time I heard him. I went on a Monday night, it was in LaGrange, Kentucky. And this old man got up to preach, and, and I was just so amazed and astonished at the man of God preaching. I said it as a young man. I was sitting at the edge of my seat. I'd want more. And he was preaching Monday through Friday. You know what I did? I drove back Tuesday night. And I drove back Wednesday. Why? Because I was interested in hearing the man of God preach. Uh, I don't know if any of you know Milford Biddle. I remember the first time I heard Milford, Milford Biddle. He would quote some of his scriptures. But old Milford, he was old man then. But he would grab the pulpit and veins would pop out and he would quote scripture and preach the gospel. What was I doing? I was on the edge of my seat. I was waiting to hear the gospel being preached. You know what amazed me about times like that? As God would be moving and there would be certain people, you look out and they'd be asleep. And I think to myself, how in the world when God's moving can we uh, be asleep? But I want to say this in Acts chapter 20 verse number 9. The Bible says, And there sat in a window a certain a young man by the name of Eutychus. Now I want to say this, this is the only time in the Bible that Eutychus is mentioned. Now I, was, I would hate 
For my, if I was mentioned in the Bible, the only time that I was mentioned is when I fell asleep and fell out in the window. And I think about Eden when he was little. When he was little bitty, we'd let him sit in church, and, and he, would, he would nod off. And before you know it, if you didn't catch him, he'd be out on the floor. Why? Because he was uh, falling asleep. Now I want to say this. Number one, I want to look at the position uh, by the window. Now there's a lot of people mentioned in the Bible there's some good things. You think about David. There was a lot of good things mentioned about David, but there's also a lot of bad things. I mean, but this one uh, boy named Eutychus, the only time in the Bible he's mentioned, he's falling asleep. I want to say this, his position uh, by the window. You know what it was? Uh, this window over here, he was in church. He could see what's going on in church, but he could also see what was going on out there. And you know what that made him do? He got to thinking, what's going on out there and what's going on in here? And you know what it is? Uh, that's a transitional state. Uh, you're, you're in uh, service where the Lord's supposed to be meeting with us. You've got your mind out there and you've got your mind in here. And you know what's fixing to happen? You're fixing to fall asleep. And uh, I'm not preaching to young people this morning. I'm preaching to every single person. I'm preaching to the old people, the young people. I don't care what title you've got. I don't care if you're a Sunday school teacher or if you're a preacher. I'm preaching to every uh, single one of them. You say, why am I saying that? You could be teaching Sunday school and be sitting in the window spiritually. You can have your mind out there and your mind in here. And you know what's going to happen? You're falling asleep. Uh, you're fall you say... Uh, you might be a preacher this morning. You might be sitting in that window. You've got more interested out there uh, than you do in here. Uh, what's fixing to happen? You're fixing to fall asleep. Uh, you might be a singer. You know what? People put on this mask and they can sing and they can raise their hand. But uh, spiritually speaking, they might be uh, sitting uh, by the window. You see, some people are in church, but they're out there. You see, out there... There's darkness out there. The Bible said he preached till midnight. There's darkness out there. But you know, in verse number seven, uh, there was light inside. You know what we've got this morning? We've got the light. And out there is total darkness. The world will eat your lunch up. Uh, we're no match for the world. We need to be focused on the Lord. I want to say out there, sitting by that window, there's heartaches out there. You ask any mother or father that's had children away from the Lord, there's heartaches out there uh, sitting by the window. I'm preaching this morning on sitting in a dangerous spot. Uh, my heart breaks for those that are, that are sitting by the window and they fell out. They're no longer in church. They're no longer serving the Lord sitting in the window. Now I want to say this. I've been there before. In church uh, uh, three times a week and sitting by the window. My mind's on the world. It's supposed to be on the preaching. Uh, we're sitting in a dangerous spot. The heartaches are out there. All the, all the homes are broken up because of sitting by the window. But in here, there's helpers in here. I know if I get in trouble, I can call Brother Jason and say, I need some prayer, brother. I can call any one of these men. There's help in here. I want to say, I don't care if you're sitting in front or the back. If you're sitting by the window, there's help in here. Get inside this window. Well, first of all, I want to say that he chose... This seat. He chose this seat by the window. I've never been in a service where they make you uh, sit in certain places. Most of the time, you sit wherever you want to. 
And that's the same way spiritually you're making a choice to sit by that window. Uh, I've only been one service, and uh, I didn't know it until I got almost done, but I noticed that all the women was over here, and I noticed that all the men was over here, and I, that's the only time I've ever been like that. But you know what? Uh, they had assigned seats, I guess, men sit over here and the women over here. But then Liz, he chose his seat. This young man chose it. You know what it wasn't? Uh, it wasn't uh, It wasn't the seat that was proper for him. Why? Because he's in and out. He can see uh, both ways. Now what's this? There was only one time where my mama kept me out of service. Uh, we stayed all day in, so in the Sunday school room. Why? Because it was me. I was acting up. Uh, she'd say, if you straighten up, we'll go back and sit in church. But you know what? I chose that spot. We stayed in the whole Sunday school room back there. She was wearing me out. Why? Because of my choices. And she, I still remember it. I think I was about uh, seven or eight. Uh, she still remembers it. Why? Because I chose to sit in that little Sunday school room. If I would have just straightened up, she'd let me go back. And that's the same way, spiritually speaking. If you're sitting in that spot and you chose it, if you'll just turn back, just turn back. Uh, I remember in school, you know what got me in trouble a lot in school? is the choice I was, the, the place I was choosing to sit. And uh, Sister Kim's out right now, but I guarantee she could testify for five or six hours about people sitting in the wrong spot. And you know what I learned as I got older? Usually the best spot is up front. Why? Because you don't get in trouble. Uh, sitting in a dangerous spot, you know what it is? It's going to get you in trouble. You know what? It was the wrong seat for this boy. He was sitting in a dangerous spot. Now, I want to say do not blame others for the choice you made. I don't care if you're old or young. You can't blame mom or daddy all your life. You've made a choice. I've made choices about where I sit. And you know what happens? It's my fault. Uh, if you want help this morning, you just go ahead and admit it and say, Lord, I need help. I've got myself in some bad uh, situations. Don't uh, blame other people for your decisions. You know what? Some people position themselves right there where they can go both ways. I I've been there before. I, I, I position myself in bad positions. You know what happens? I get in trouble. And you know what's going to happen in your life? Uh, you'll position yourself. It might be a good job uh, making good money. You put yourself in a position and before you know it, you're missing Sunday nights. Before you know it, you're missing Wednesday nights. And before you know it, you're like Eutychus. You're sitting in that window spiritually, and you're fixing to fall out uh, the window. You know what you do? You need to just step up and take the blame uh, that my choices got me where I'm at. You know, I think about this young man sitting in the window. Somebody had to have seen Eutychus falling asleep. I could see somebody saying, uh, Eutychus, you might not want to sit there. You're, you're fixing to fall out. I can see somebody warning him. You know what I've had in my life? I've had people warn me. Uh, I think about our sister pastor, Brother Ron Little. Uh, uh, Glenn and Tina know him. You know what? He spent many a times coming by my house right after he gets off work. And they said, son, I'm going to help you out here. You better be careful uh, what you're doing. What bad thing? But he was trying to warn me about the place I was at. Sitting in a dangerous spot. I want to ask you this morning, where are you at spiritually? Are you sitting by the window, looking in and looking out? Uh, where are we at this morning? What position are you in? Uh, number two, 
Number one, we've seen his position. Number two, I want you to look at his plunge. Look at verse number nine. And there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus, being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep. His plunge, you know what he did? He got comfortable where he was at. And you can do that spiritually. You can get so comfortable, you'll just fit right in. I want to say this, Christianity is not all about comfort. Uh, there's been times where the Lord will comfort your heart and he'll comfort mine. My friends, Christianity is more than having comfort. It's about helping others. It's about sharing the gospel. It's about getting the word out that Jesus saves and there's hope in Jesus. I want to say this, it's easy to do. It's easy to get uh, comfortable. You say, how do you do it? You just get relaxed. Like your old recliner, I hope, I hope nobody's sleeping right now. I'm looking around. But you know what happens? You get in your old recliner, and you get to sink down. You know what? Before you know it, uh, you're fixing to be asleep. And uh, I was talking to, to a man the other day, and uh, he's out of the will of God. He's a preacher. You know what he's doing? He, sit, he was sitting by the window. He'll admit it that he's out of the will of God. You know what it is? He's out. And he told me this. He said, it's easy to do. As us as Christians, we need to be on guard of where we're sitting at. You know, what happens when you go into sleep mode? Look at verse number 9. And there sat in a window a young man named Eutychus being fallen into a deep sleep. You know what happens when you go to sleep? Your eyelids will start to get heavy. And you know what happens? You can't see things like you normally do. And that's the way it is spiritually. You're away from the Lord uh, things don't look the same. Uh, things that are not right, you'll say, I don't see nothing wrong with that. I don't see nothing wrong with going to that place. You know what it is? You're sleepy on the Lord, and you're fixing to get asleep. Uh, your eyes will get blurry. How many of you tried to drive being sleepy? I've been there before. Your old eyes get sleepy, and before you don't even know where you're going. And that's the same way spiritually speaking. You're asleep on the Lord, and you just can't see it. You just can't see that you're fixing to fall out of church. You're fixing to fall out the window. The last place I want to be for my kids is to be asleep under the Lord. What happens if I fall out of the window? I've got a young boy and a young girl. You know what they're going to do? They're going to suffer. You say, well, I'm older. Everybody's looking up to you that are older. You say, well, I'm younger. Well, these little kids, they got something to look for you. Don't uh, put yourself in a dangerous seat. We've seen his plunge. He's going down. And all it says, look at Acts chapter 20, verse number 9. The Bible says that he was falling into a deep sleep. You know what it is? It turns physical. Anything you've got going on the inside, emotionally, it's fixing to turn physical. Uh, if, you're away, if you're in church right now away from the Lord, it won't be long till your physical state will be out of church. Uh, you might be sitting here, you're awake, but you're asleep on the Lord. You know what it's going to do? Eventually, it's going to show up. Uh, people will begin to notice. And you know what it's going to do? It's going to cost you your life. The Bible said that Eutychus uh, fell out of the window, and they said he was taken up dead. It's going to cost you your life. It might even cost you your kid's life. Uh, being asleep, uh, falling out the window. Turn to Romans chapter 12. Sitting in a dangerous seat.
Here the Apostle Paul is in Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. He said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. You're not going to be no help if you're uh, dead. Uh, your, your help is needed right now. As a Christian, your help is needed uh, right now. I want to read you this verse, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14. He said, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. You know what it does? My heart's broken this morning. Why? Because I know people that fell out. They're, they were they was great kids growing up, and now they're out of church. They're out of the will of God. Why? They're sitting by the window. The physical state, I don't want nobody to look at me and cause them to fall out the window. I want to say it back in our text in Acts chapter number 20. Sitting in a dangerous seat. Even in all of this, we see the power of God. Look at Acts chapter number 20, verse number 10. I thank God for His grace this morning, His mercy. Uh, here, Eutychus, he was sitting by the window. He fell out. And you know what sometimes we want to do? We want to look down and know that it fell out. We want to look down, but I want to thank God through all of this. All that boy did, uh, we see the power of God working in his life. Look at verse number 10. He's not fell out. They've taken him up dead. And, and Acts chapter number 20, look at verse number 10. And Paul went down and fell on him and embraced him and said, Trouble not yourself, for his life is in him. You know what Paul did? God had somebody was strong enough to go down and say, I'm going to help that young man. And you know what I need when I fall out? I need some of you to step up and say, I'll go help him. And you know what? Because you'll be there one day. You say, well, it's not going to happen to me. Uh, trust me. If you say never, it could be you. I think uh, Tina always laughs this, but I remember when, when Jen and I was dating, I said, never get married. Nope, not me. I'm not getting married. Before you know it, you know what? I was married. I said, ne never having kids. Now you know what? I've got two of them. You know what? I said, never. Uh, we lived in Owenton, Kentucky. I said, I'm never moving back to Mayfield. I'm not going to do it. You know what? I'm right here. So, say, well, I, I'm not going to fall out of church. Don't say that. Don't do it, my friends. If you're sitting by that window, today's the day. You need to get it right. I, I don't care what you're going through. You need to get it right. It's not worth it. It's not worth it uh, for your kids. You know what Paul did? The Bible said that Paul fell down on him. And, and uh, over there in 1 Kings chapter 17, there was a little widow woman. Her son had died. And in verse number, uh, chapter 17, verse 21, you know what Elijah did? Elijah stretched out over him. You know what he did? He fell down on him. And you know what he did? It was a great victory in Elijah's life seeing that boy raised from the dead. I was thinking about, I don't know if any of you know Harry Nix. He's a preacher, but uh, he, was, he, he said when he was uh, 19 years old, he fell sick. And he was about to die. Anybody know Earl Hughes? I think people have heard Brother James mention him. But Earl Hughes was 19 years old. He comes walking by. And he asked Harry Nick's dad, he said, what's going on here? He said, well, Harry's sick. He's about to die. And Earl Hughes was 19 years old. Uh, he said, this was Harry Nick's. He said, Earl Hughes got down on all fours. And he began to pray for Harry Nick's. You know what happened? They said a couple hours, Harry Nick's was up eating. Say why? Because a young man had compassion. A young man. We've got a lot of people under the age of 19. You know what God can do with your lives? 
God can take your life and help somebody else out. Uh, we're not going to be much of a Christian if we can't help other people out. 